You're listening to Pazdachipotle, the show that will take you to discover the edible treasures of Mexico. Welcome to this episode of Paz de Chipotle, the audible companion of Sabor, This is Mexican Food, a digital magazine dedicated to exploring the markets, streets, recipes and traditions that make Mexico an edible paradise. I'm your host, Rocío Carvajal, food history writer, cook and author. To find more information about the show, please go to pasdechipotle.com. You can subscribe to the show and leave a review on iTunes, Player FM, Stitcher, Google Play and YouTube. Welcome to this rebroadcast of the Mexican Independence Day special. September is a big month in Mexico, as it pretty much marks the start of a very long season of national fiestas, which are all the celebrations beginning with Independence Day on September the 15th, followed by the Day of the Dead from October 28th to November the 2nd. Next, the anniversary of the Mexican Revolution on November the 20th. The Day of the Virgin of Guadalupe is on December the 12th, and that just presses the pre-Christmas Mexican gatherings, also known as posadas, then Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, and after that comes Epiphany, or Dia de Reyes, on January the 6th, and the grand finale is on Candlemas, or Dia de la Candelaria, on February the 2nd, closing or opening <laughs> a whole new year with fiestas. Celebrations in Mexico are filled with life-affirming acts that reinforce the sense of togetherness and recognizes individual expressions as key components in the construction of collective experiences. In the Fiestas issue of Sabor, you will explore with me an exciting journey through some of the most iconic national celebrations of Mexico, where the palpable indigenous and mestizo manifestations are intricately woven into the social fabric of the nation. Independence Day is indeed one of our most beloved fiestas. I hope you enjoy this episode. En mi tierra mexicana todo mundo es bienvenido, para todos hay cariño, si lo saben, estimo. On a cool late night of September, about 207 years ago, started a war that would put an end to almost three centuries of Spanish domination. It took the following 11 years to finally achieve the long-awaited independence of the territory that will eventually be known to the world as the United States of Mexico. Although the young nation endured several attempts of invasions by the United States and France, including a brief and failed Habsburg Empire, Mexico maintained a fierce determination to become the free nation it is today. 
But let's find out how exactly Mexico became a Spanish colony and then all the things that had to happen for it to regain its independence. The Spanish colonies in the Americas were the result of a large-scale plan of Spain to get ahead in the maritime trade race, and it was pretty much thanks to the incompetence of the expedition led by the Italian explorer Christopher Columbus that either ignored or dismissed the fact that 500 years prior, Leif Erikson, a Viking explorer and son of the very one Eric the Red, had actually successfully navigated to America and even established a settlement in today's Canada. But nevertheless, they insisted in finding a route to circumnavigate the Earth and reach India and, of course, the rest of the Far East. Columbus convinced Queen Isabella of Spain and of his sail the ocean blue and eventually got somewhere. And that somewhere was today's Bahamas. And from there he carried little expeditions to the continent, which he promptly named as the Indies and insisted on calling the natives Indians and referred in many letters how happy the natives were for having been discovered, although I'm pretty sure that no native was actually that thrilled about it. Anyway, after going back, he painted a glorious picture to the Catholic kings Isabella and Ferdinand of a land of unlimited resources that was practically theirs for the taking, and so he was appointed to carry yet another doomed mission to conquer the Indies. Years passed and Columbus grew old and proved increasingly inadequate of succeeding in such enterprise and he retired to Spain where he died in 1506. On a quick note, let me mention that in 1499, only seven years after Columbus arrived in the New World, that is 1492, a much cleverer explorer, cartographer and merchant, the also Italian Amerigo Vespucci, arrived in today's Guyana and eventually reached Brazil. At his return to Europe, he proved beyond doubt that this new world was no extension of Asia and was an entire different continent. History repaid him very rapidly, naming America this whole side of the world and not Colombia. Makes sense, right? Now let's go back to a story, because then appeared a character under the name of Hernán Cortés. At the age of 36, gosh, he was younger than me, the then mayor of Santiago de Cuba, Hernán Cortés, was appointed to lead the full operation of destroying the Aztec Empire and with it defeat and control the many other tribes and install a Spanish colony in today's Mexico. And that he did. With a sharp and ruthless strategy, he set the basis of a colony that was under Spanish control from 1521 to 1810. The total of the American colonies made of Spain the most powerful and large empire of its time and eventually, of course, came to an inevitable end. The colony in Mexico was consolidated through modern warfare, clever military strategy and a good help of good old political greed and betrayal. After all, it is naive to assume that the Aztec Empire didn't have multiple and very bitter rivals. The colony imposed a fierce class and race division in the society, in which Spanish-born people were seen as superior in every way, and only they had access to political power. Mestizo population, that is those of Spanish and indigenous heritage, grew increasingly restless 
and a fierce desire to end the abusive colonial regime galvanized the population and brought together indigenous and mestizo people in 1810, and a national plot to start a series of uprisings across the territory got in motion, led by activists, politicians, key indigenous figures and liberal clergy. And so, the midnight of September 15th, outside the city's granary in Dolores, which is located in modern Guanajuato, the very left-wing liberal and Jesuit priest Miguel Hidalgo, accompanied by crowds of rebels, had the churchills ringing across the city, and when they were all gathered, he cried something like Viva Mexico! Death to the Gachupines! That is, the Spaniards. Long live the Virgin of Guadalupe! He was a priest, after all. And long live America, because there was pretty much a continental uprising. Historical accounts are a bit blurry, but historians agree that that was the main message. Needless to say that insurgents and leaders were hunted down and executed, and with it, made them martyrs of the cause, which was natural. And in spite of the royalists' efforts to suppress the uprising, independence from Spain was finally achieved in 1821. A memorable scene was the triumphant entry of the tricolor army led by Agustín Iturbide in the city of Puebla, where nuns prepared a special dish to mark the occasion and celebrate the brand new flag of the young nation. And so they served chiles en nogada. Iturbide, who had more ego and ambition than loyalty and decency, and who actually was a former royalist himself, went on to proclaim himself Emperor of Mexico. But that is a tale for another time. For now, let's focus on how independence is celebrated today. I really don't think there is a single town in Mexico that doesn't have at least one avenue named Independencia. And few weeks before September 16th, parks, streets, plazas and zócalos are decorated with lights, banners and all sorts of flag-themed ornaments. Schools prepare plays where kids with wide wigs play priest Hidalgo, Vicente Guerrero, the famous mulatto general, José María Morelos, another priest, and Leona Vicario, amongst many other heroes of the independence. And of course, public concerts with mariachi bands, marimba, brass bands and local orchestras are never amiss. Public and private parties with friends and neighbours call for lucky pots and everyone brings traditional dishes. Among the many favourites are tostadas, crisp tacos, chanclas, which are soft buns covered with a chorizo adobo, pozole, pambazos, and many other things, all washed down with an alarming amount of tequila, mezcal, tepache, beer, pulque, and anything in between. It is, as you can see, pretty much the perfect excuse to eat all sorts of antojitos, that is, comfort food, at its glorious best. On a final note, let's reflect that colonizations and independence movements are never an easy affair but remembering and honouring the memory of those who fought and died to build a better future not only gives us a good historical perspective, but also helps us realise how fortunate we are and the duty we have to remain free of thought, free of prejudice, and free to rewrite history. So, viva Mexico indeed! Its people, its traditions, and of course, its delicious food.
Thank you for listening. This episode was written and produced by me, Rocío Carvajal. To find more information about this project, please go to pasdechipotle.com. On this episode's description, you can find the links to connect with me on social media. Mexico's grand fiestas are a unique way to remember and joyously celebrate our history, cultural diversity and ancestral traditions, from the patriotic occasions like Independence Day and the anniversary of the Mexican Revolution to Christmas and Dia de la Candelaria and the world-famous Day of the Dead. These iconic celebrations bring together new and ancient traditions, from the spiritual to the joyous, always welcoming locals and strangers in rewarding and soulful celebrations of life. The Mexican Fiestas issue of Sabor, this is Mexican food magazine, explores the cultural history of the nation's festive calendar through in-depth articles and many traditional recipes to prepare unique dishes like pozole, chiles en hogada, day of the dead bread, and many more. To know more about the wonderful articles and recipes to start the making of your own family traditions, go to pazdechipotle.com forward slash magazine. Take sabor with you on all your digital devices. Go to pazdechipotle.com forward slash magazine and get ready to cook, learn, and enjoy Mexican food like you never imagined. Support the show on Patreon. Patreon is the largest platform that connects independent creators with great audiences like you. Go to patreon.com forward slash Chipotle podcast. Every donation makes a big difference. Go to patreon.com forward slash Chipotle podcast and be part of this delicious story. The next episode will be all about the delicious Mexican coffee and we'll find out how, when, and where coffee was introduced. And we will explore the main producing regions of coffee in Mexico. You don't want to miss that, so keep that pot boiling. Well, that's it for this week, my friends. Feliz Independence Day. Until the next time. <laughs>